So not only was I completely housebound, um, but I was experiencing uh, such high levels of anxiety that I was having unprovoked panic attacks pretty much all day. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Sanagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that would like to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can reach us at our website, oplshow.com, or send us an email directly at oplpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you want to help support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash oplshow. It's just $5 a month. You get to join our Discord, speak with us and other patrons, and you can help us decide where to donate the Patreon money each month to a different individual, different charity. So go check that out at patreon.com slash oplshow. So today we are speaking to a woman who reached out. Uh, They have an extreme case of agoraphobia. If you don't know what agoraphobia is, it is an extreme or irrational fear of entering open or crowded places or leaving one's own home or of being in places from which escape is difficult. Um, So it seems like a very debilitating phobia. So really interested in this conversation to, you know, bring some light to agoraphobia and hear this woman's story and journey. So as always, we've got the guest on the line and thanks so much for being on today. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, definitely. So I guess to start it off, uh, was that definition accurate or I guess what parts of that definition kind of apply uh, the most to you? Yeah, I think it's I think it's fairly accurate. Um, I think agoraphobia can affect everyone in a lot of different ways. Uh, for me, it's not so much a fear of open places or crowds. It's more just being away from my perceived uh, safe space, which would be my home. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically how it affects me. And and as well as like traveling distances away from my home. Um, I have traveled in the past, but yeah, it's, it's become less and less of a, of a possibility for me over the years. So how does it sort of differentiate from people who sort of have a general anxiety? Because I think at some point in in my life, and I know definitely some people, um, that I know personally, they, uh, do not like traveling. They don't like being too far, uh, away from their home. Uh, they're more comfortable in the places that they're, that they usually frequent, um, so they have anxiety about traveling and being away from home, especially like for too long or something like that. So how can, mm. like, what is the differentiator there? Like how, you know, does it become agoraphobia versus general anxiety? Yeah, that's actually interesting. I, I, I think a lot of people that I know and a lot of people that I've spoken with over the years, um, it seems like it's more popular and more liked to travel and to kind of experience new things get out of your hometown. At least that's how it is here. Um, so that's kind of an interesting perspective. I, I kind of, I was kind of looking at it the other way. That's, that's been my experience. Um, but as far as it being different from generalized anxiety, um, I, I think there, there is a lot of overlap. I think once your anxiety becomes so severe that you develop agoraphobia you, you've probably already experienced all of the symptoms a person who has generalized anxiety uh, experiences. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really no expert on the topic, so I, I, don't, I don't feel like I have a very, uh, very well-educated opinion on that one. 
So I well, guess in I mean, your personal experience, yeah, then, you know, at, at a certain point you sort of were like, okay, I this is not like a a quote unquote normal amount of anxiety. Like I don't like it's it's just much different. It feels more amplified. I assume. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I like I've I've had friends who, or even like people I went to school with who would experience anxiety like related related to tests and things where we'd have to like perform or, or do public speaking. Um, but I mean, my anxiety, it kind of seemed like it was always present. Like there was always a threat somewhere. I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know where it is. Um, and it would kind of come out at, at just awful times and, and times where there really wasn't anything to be afraid of. So I saw kind of the the differences between my experience with anxiety and some of my peers. And yeah, I, I, I did notice at a pretty young age, like this is not quote normal what I'm experiencing. Hmm. And then at what point did uh, it kind of, I guess, manifest into really affecting your day to day? And uh, I guess what made you realize that this could be labeled as agoraphobia and, and how did that affect your life exactly? Mm-hmm. So I think it, it all started or it kind of snowballed into agoraphobia and becoming completely housebound when I was about 14. This was the, the uh, it was towards the end of my freshman year of high school. And up until that point, up until the end of, of that school year, I struggled to actually like attend my classes because I just could not sit there. Um, I I was having panic attacks nearly every day in each of my classes. And it just got to the point where I I had to sit in the administration office pretty much the whole day. Um, And then as I was kind of saying, like towards the end of the year, um, it got to a point where I would actually run out of school with a couple of friends of mine and we would just walk to my house. Um, so yeah, like I, I think towards the end of the school year, I was realizing like, yeah, there's, there's really something going on here. Um, I really, I really need to find help. I really need to find out what exactly this is. Um, and then over the summer, um, summer break, that's when it got a lot worse. Um, after school ended, I basically stopped going anywhere. Uh, I, I literally just stayed in, in, in my house the entire day. Um, but then I, I discovered, um, that I actually had agoraphobia through a therapist I was seeing at the time. Okay. So what was the reason for not wanting to go out? Did it just not interest you or you knew that it was going to cause some sort of panic attack or do you, can you, I mean, looking back, are you able to sort of pinpoint what the triggers were? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like what you said. Um, just I didn't I didn't want to put myself in any position where I could experience a panic attack. And that was basically everything that wasn't my house. Um, and then, of course, like when you start having all of these bad experiences, when you go out to certain places and you, you know you're going to have a panic attack. It does. You, you lose interest in it. Um, it's no longer fun. It's no longer enjoyable. So yeah, that's, that's basically, um, that's basically how it is. So when, when you say 
housebound. That is just completely, I guess for lack of a better term, like a, just you're a prisoner to your home at that point. Like you're not seeing people socially. Um, you're not going to school. You are just in your house essentially 24 seven. Yeah, exactly. Um, at that time, um, when I was describing towards the end of my freshman year and then that summer, and then the following school year, I completely dropped out of school. So I was home all day. Uh, luckily, I did have a couple of really good neighbors. They were very supportive. And um, I was I was able to go over to their houses, but I'm talking like our houses are right next to each other. So there's, I mean, there's really no commute at all. Um, it's like a very small radius of a comfort zone, basically. Yeah, exactly. And and there, there, there certainly were times where, I, I wouldn't even go outside um, at all for for periods of that, for periods of a time, um, but that's kind of when I feel like my anxiety it kind of fluctuated. Um, so yeah, for months at a time, I wouldn't be able to even walk outside of my door. But then things would kind of get a little bit better, and then I was able to go um, to my neighbors' houses. Was there some sort of feeling of? Um I guess a a vicious cycle where you weren't necessarily uncomfortable going out, but because you were having panic attacks, you were like, I am anxious about having panic attacks and I just don't want to be somewhere where it could possibly happen where I'm not in my comfort zone. So in other words, to frame that a different way, do you think that it was, you know, going to the movies or going to the mall or whatever that was the thing that caused you anxiety or was it just you and your head being like, I don't want to have a panic attack there. So it was just kind of like, you know, that's why I was saying like a vicious cycle. Like you're having, you're, you're anxious about being anxious. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of, that's kind of like the, the catch 22 of it all. Um, when it comes to anxiety, it's kind of like fearing that response of, having a panic attack and then avoiding the places or the situations that caused it. And yeah, it's kind of just like a never ending loop until you break the cycle. But um, yeah, I would say it it was actually a bit of both. Like there, there was certainly always the fear of just experiencing panic and not really wanting to because it is quite uncomfortable. Um, But then there was also kind of just like, yeah, these places, these um, like for me, the, the mall was a huge trigger. Um, another interesting note about my anxiety is that like, I, I've kind of had phobias, um, some that would last longer than others, but they kind of cycle. So for a while I had this really crippling phobia of high ceilings. Um, and of course at the mall, you know, you have multiple stories or, um, you know, really high ceilings, whatever the case is. So, for a while. Yeah. That was like a, a huge issue for me. Um, but yeah, like there, there's definitely some situations that, or places that are just really fear or anxiety provoking. Um, but yeah, I, I would say like the main thing though, is just not wanting to experience the discomfort of anxiety and, and the fear. And is this something that's still like a big part of your life where you still deal with this as much as you used to, like what we're talking about right now? Um, No, actually, um, right now I I am doing I'm doing a lot better than than this time um, when I was younger. But 
I, I, I still do struggle with agoraphobia. Um, I still don't go a lot of places, but I, I do have like, um, I don't know, kind of a radius, uh, around my house that I, I, I find tolerable. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm a lot better. I'm in a much better place now. Uh, and another interesting thing to note about my, my past is that when I was growing up, I was basically raised by my dad after my parents got divorced and he was very much against modern medicine. So I think that's why I suffered so much and struggled with anxiety to the degree that I did. Um, I didn't have access to, you know, medicine or, or really anything to, to help me. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's interesting. So do you feel like you weren't treated properly at an early age because of that? Yeah, definitely. There, there, there was certainly a lot of neglect in my childhood. Um, medically, um, speaking. And yeah, that's, that's actually how I kind of got better, uh, or actually went into remission for a few years where basically agoraphobia didn't affect me at all for a couple of years. Um, I was taken out of my dad's custody and placed into a foster home, uh, which I ran away from because it was, I don't know, it, it, it just felt so weird being ripped away from my family and my community, everything that I knew, everyone that I loved. Um, so yeah, I, I ran away and then I was placed in a girl's home and I spent a year there in total. So I was able to get back into school. I got back on track with, um, you know, graduating on time. Um, I got, you know, the medical care that I needed. I was put on uh, medication to help control the symptoms of my anxiety. And that was really helpful. Um, so as traumatic as the whole experience was, um, as far as being taken away from my comfort, uh, it was actually overall a really positive experience because for a few years after that, I was able to live, you know, a quote, normal life where anxiety was not ruling every single decision I made or limiting me in a, in a really, uh, significant way. Wow. So that's interesting that that can happen where you, uh, you kind of called it like remission and were able to recover from it. Uh, but then I guess that's able to come back because you did note, uh, in your email that you're 26 now, so you're no longer housebound. Um, but you wrote that you are severely limited in where you can go. And you kind of just mentioned it before, like you're doing better, which is great to hear, but there is still this existence of, this sort of radius. And, uh, it seems like maybe it's expanded a little bit, but you're still sort of limited to, you know, this, I guess, specific area or comfort zone. And, you know, I'm curious, I guess, when that kind of came back into your life and, um, I guess just the, it just seems like there's so much like developmentally or socially and things that this could affect that agoraphobia could affect, um, when you are housebound. So I'm just curious what you feel it has kind of affected the most in your life. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, like nowadays, um, well, another thing kind of going back to the, the time period when I was like age 14 to 15, 
So not only was I completely housebound, um, but I was experiencing uh, such high levels of anxiety that I was having unprovoked panic attacks pretty much all day. Um, there, there really was no rhyme or reason. There was no trigger. Um, I just started feeling really anxious out of nowhere. And I would, it would just kind of spiral into a full blown panic attack. Um, so yeah, like when I consider, or when I reflect on where I was then, I feel so much better now, even though I do have limitations and, I have pretty much accepted that there are probably things that I'll never be able to do, like, um, you know, take vacations far away from home or, um, you know, go go shopping at the mall again or, you know, things like that, that a lot of people do without, you know, thinking twice about. I've pretty much accepted that it probably won't happen for me. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen or it'll never happen because I don't know. Um, But overall, uh, mentally, I am just in a, a much better place uh, than before. So hopefully that answered the question that you just asked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I uh, also, you know, when when you're dealing with something like this, uh, what prompted you to get help and, and what kind of help did you sort of seek out? Like, was it therapy or was there some sort of, like, even to this day, is there any sort of quote unquote exposure therapy that you do where you're like, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to like purposefully like try to stay at this point for as long as I can. And you know, whatever, like what, what kind of stuff do you do to try and help this condition that you have? Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So I, okay. So when I was about 21 or 22, that's when I reached out to a doctor for the first time. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm experiencing so much anxiety. Like is there, there's, there's, there has to be something that I can, I can take or something I can do. Um, so basically we set up an appointment and then I was put on an antidepressant for pretty much the first time in my life. And I'm telling you like, and, and I know medication, you know, some people it's not, it's not the answer for them, but I do think that it was the answer for me. So I'm in no way saying that, everyone should be on medication. Um, but for me, that's what really brought me out of kind of the, the darkness, so to speak. Um, and then I also got into therapy. Um, I have done a lot of work learning about mindfulness, um, and radical gratitude as I like to call it. And I, that's not my term. I'm sure someone else has said it, but that's how I like to think of it. Um, because a lot of people would say like, okay, you're, or I think a lot of outsiders would look at my life and say, wow, that's, that's terrible. Like you basically can do nothing. But for me, it's having just, well, really a a radical sense of uh, appreciation for the things that are right in my life and the things that I can do, the things that I feel very blessed to have. Um, so that, that's been incredible in in my journey. Um, and then as far as like exposure, I I definitely do a bit of that. Um, I try to push my boundaries when I can, um, as far as like, you know, taking a longer walk or going a little bit further or, um, trying to go to a new place and, you know, trying to stay there until the anxiety dissipates and, you know, I'm kind of able to just, I don't know, like, like get in the groove of it and, and kind of enjoy, 
um, the scenery and, and what's going on. But um, just being able to have gratitude and um, an attitude of, of thankfulness for the things that I'm able to do. I, I, I even feel like, you know, life's really not so bad. Like if I, if I were to tragically die tomorrow, I could say that I, I was happy. Like I, I had a good life. Yeah. That's it. That's actually really amazing to hear because, you know, I think you're right. Like you, that awareness that someone could look at your life and say, wow, she's missing out or can't do all these amazing things. Like what's the point of life if you can't, whatever it may be, travel or have all these new experiences. And even when you were first kind of explaining this, like I am definitely someone who leans toward like seeking that sort of discomfort, new experiences consistently, like maybe to a fault sometimes, but to hear that, uh, and that's a term that I actually just kind of learned in therapy myself, radical acceptance. And I, I loved it and kind of latched onto that right away because, uh, as someone who definitely tries to control situations, probably too much or kind of seek perfection in certain ways, just having that radical acceptance of the things that you can't control is honestly so freeing. And that mixed with the gratitude that you have is really amazing to hear. I think from someone in your circumstances that kind of feels what you feel, uh, every day. And you wrote in your email, even though I can't live a normal life and experience the normal milestones and things my peers do, I still try and find the beauty in life. And, uh, that's so cool. And I'm just curious, like, what are some of the things that you're super grateful for and kind of like the joys in your life right now? Um, because I think it's important for people especially the people who would look at your situation and say like, that's not living, uh, to kind of understand that mindfulness and that gratitude that you have and, and the things that are bringing you happiness and joy in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. And thank you, by the way, for the, the kind of praise there. I appreciate it. It's taken a lot of work to get to this point. So I appreciate the kind words. Um, so yeah, well, to begin, I think um, I think it's it's really important to recognize that there there really is no amount of money or experiences or having this or having that that can truly make a person happy. I think it's something that has to come from within. Um, you know, in other words, like happiness has to be something that you create for yourself. You can't rely on anything or anyone outside of you to give you those feelings. So understanding that and really internalizing that has helped, has helped tremendously because I can think back to times when, you know, I've, I've maybe traveled a bit, uh, as I mentioned, like I have done a bit of traveling, um, when I was kind of in remission from agoraphobia and I look back and I'm like, was that really even that fun? Like, did I really even enjoy it that much? Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just this idea that we have to be living these awesome lives. Um, kind of like what we see on social media, we have Mm -hmm. these influencers that, um, you know, they're, they're on exotic vacations and, and all this and that. And I think we get this idea that, yeah, like our, our lives can't be normal or mundane. Like they have to be extraordinary. Um, but that's that's not really the case. And that's not really what leads to 
a happy and fulfilling life, at least in my opinion. Um, but some of the things that I'm really grateful for, um, it might actually sound a bit, a bit morbid, but I just think about people who have, or sorry, not morbid, but maybe like leaning into toxic positivity, which I'm not into at all. But when I think about or hear about other people's experiences and how tragic other people's lives have been, it makes me feel extremely fortunate for how not tragic my life has been, uh, in comparison, at least. Um, I, I was watching a video on YouTube about a young, uh, well, it was actually a family. These kids had been basically locked in their home their entire life. And, um, you know, they were severely abused by their parents. And I remember the young lady, she was describing how it felt to, to see a park and, and to see the outdoors for the first time. And, and it was just such a childlike wonder. And it was so beautiful hearing that experience that I just couldn't help but think like, wow, my problems are nothing compared to that. Um, not to invalidate my own experience or my own problems, but um, yeah. So yeah, in a nutshell, it's just that my life's really not so bad. Um, it's not perfect. No one's is, but um, I will say one big thing I'm extremely grateful for is my relationship with my mom. So she struggled with substance abuse in my childhood and she has battled cancer twice. Wow. So from us not having a relationship at all to us basically being best friends now and her having, uh, you know, there were, there were two times that she could have been taken away from us, but she was able to stay and to regain her health. So I feel like that is such a blessing in and of itself. Absolutely. Yeah, abs absolutely. And, and I think, um, you know, one, one of, I think an important thing that I learned that you sort of described um, is that not everyone wants the same thing. And I think that a lot of people need to like hear that. And like you're saying about social media and the way that people post about their lives and whatnot, like not everyone wants that, you know, and, and, and especially younger people, I think growing up with social media, they get confused with what happiness is that they don't even really know. And they don't really know who they are because they're looking at these other people and they're trying to, they're cosplaying as happy people on Instagram. So everyone's like, okay, in order to get this, I need to have these certain things. And, you know, I have to travel and go on vacations and this and that. And I think that was a problem for me for a little bit where I personally felt like I wanted, like the things that I wanted, I thought everyone wanted. And I wanted to like help everyone. And I wanted to like be like, oh, you got to do this and that, whatever. But then you learn over time that like some people are just content with certain things. And I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with someone, um, uh, you know, specifically to you where you're like, I'm happy. Like if I die tomorrow, I'd be fully satisfied with my life. Like I don't need to travel uh, as much as other people. I don't need, you know, fancy dinners or this and that, like that, that kind of stuff. Like I'm cool without having. Um, and if you like truly mean that, then like who, like no one can really tell you anything. And honestly, it's all about you know, experience and perspective. You mentioned those children who are locked in their houses and they're like amazed by the park. Whereas people who are, they go to the park or they grew up like around a park or whatever, they're desensitized to that. So it's not as cool. So it is just about like perspective. And if for you, like you, you deal with a certain amount of anxiety 
there are, you're like, whatever's exciting to you is going to be different to someone who doesn't really deal with that. Or the your view and your perception of the world is definitely going to be different than that. So, you know, although you're, you're, uh, I guess struggling or just dealing with this sort of thing that, you know, uh, other people don't have to deal with. Uh, I do think that there is something admirable about you sort of like owning it and, and, you know, this is my perspective and, and you have a gratefulness. You're, you're not resentful towards this thing that you're dealing with. You're just playing the hand that you were dealt. And I think there's something admirable about that um, because a lot of people will continue to be in the cycle of just getting down on themselves. And I, I wish I was like this and I wish I was like that and constantly comparing and this and that. But, you know, I think the, the, the key here is just the, the gratefulness and just knowing like, okay, I, I have these things. And it's not like comparing, like you said, you're not invalidating, you know, your own experience, but you are like, I'm cool with this. Like whatever I have and I'm dealing with right now is cool. Some people have it better. Some people have it worse, but you just always have to be grateful for the position that you're in. And I think it's great that you have that um, sort of perspective while dealing with something like this. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been like, it's it's definitely been a journey. There have been times where I have been really upset about my situation, but in the last couple of years, I've really gained that uh, perspective and and been you know just grateful for the things that I do have. You know, I'm I'm able bodied. Um, you know, I can see, I can walk, I can um, I can work out, which is one of my passions. Uh, I have you know, the best dog in the world. <laughs> I know everyone thinks their dog is the best, you know, and, and we're all right. They're, they're yeah, all, all, dogs they're are all the amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have a great career, like despite my, my, um, my anxiety, I've, I've been able to break into my dream career, uh, field. So yeah, like it's, it's not so bad. I think, um, when, yeah. you know, all things considered. No, it really seems like it. And, and again, it's just so cool to hear because you think of something like agoraphobia, you hear the words like housebound or just limited radius. And to most people, they would assume that that person isn't having new experiences or even isn't experiencing joy in what they have. And to just kind of rip that misconception apart is, is just really great. And there's just such a, you know, deeper lesson and, and conversation in this with, which is awesome. And I think you dropped a bomb before, honestly, where you said that you see people kind of posting travel or experiences and then ask themselves, is this even fun? And I think that happens so much, but people are so afraid to say that out loud. Was that even fun? Is this even fun? Or even admit to themselves that it wasn't fun. And then we just, kind of create this, or there's this dependency on distraction almost, or this need for this facade of fun. And then you become warped because everything that you do and everything that you put out there is based on the perception of others and what people will think. And then you kind of lose touch with what you really want. And then you could do all these things and you really aren't having fun. And you're kind of distracting yourself with new experiences or what you're able to post or what people will think. And uh, then that makes it very hard for the moments where you're sitting in silence, where you're with yourself, where you kind of then begin to question, you know, who am I? What, what am I grateful for? Can I be happy without all these things? And for you to be in the place that you are with, you know, what, what you've gone through and what you continue to go through is just uh, really powerful for people to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. 
And also one thing I wanted to add, just like a caveat to this whole thing, is that I do think that, um, at least in my personal experience, because when I was younger, I also dealt with anxiety. And I think, I'm not going to say that I had agoraphobia or dealt with anything like that, but there, I do remember a point in time where I, it was very hard for me to even like leave my room. This only lasted like a week, but there was a point in time where I felt something like that. But uh, the difference between, I think, me and you is that I did still have this urge to like, and I had like a very, the vicious cycle thing that I was talking about before, I dealt with that with traveling because I was excited to get on a plane and travel. And then when I had a panic attack on a plane and then it became like, I'm afraid to get on planes now, not because of flying, but because I'm afraid of having a panic attack on a plane because that was the trigger last time. But I still had this urge to go because I'm like, I know it's going to be worth it. And I, I can't let this just stop me from getting on a plane ever again. So I think the caveat to this whole thing is just like not lying to yourself and knowing this is actually what I want to do, or this isn't what I want to do, or this is not going to make me happy. This is going to make me happy. Like I knew that I wanted to travel. I wanted to experience these things. Um, so I kind of like forced myself to do it and was pretty uncomfortable. But then when I got there and had the experience, like I felt better. And for me, that sort of exposure therapy, um, quote unquote, uh, was very helpful for me because the end result was always worth it for me. So I was like, okay, I just got to get past this, you know, uncomfortableness. Um, and the one thing that I would say is I hope that people who deal with this, um, which I think a lot of people deal with, you know, levels of anxiety where there's either generalized anxiety up until, uh, up into, uh, you know, agoraphobia where they, I, I, I don't know that accepting your reality where it's just kind of like, all right, I'm just never going to do that ever again. Even though I want to, I'm just never going to do it because it's making me uncomfortable. Like in my personal opinion, don't think that's right. I think that people should always probably fight for the things that they truly want, mm -hmm. um, to a certain degree, obviously. But again, if those things don't interest you, not everyone wants the same things. So truly it's like, I don't need to travel. I don't want to do that. That I think is perfectly fine and amazing. And you know, in a way convenient too, if it deals with, do you want to stay in your comfort zone? If that's where you're most comfortable and that's what you are totally cool with getting out of life, like all power to you. Exactly. You like, that's what you should do then, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Like if anyone is struggling with anxiety, but they really do want to, you know, go to the mall or, or travel or whatever. Yeah. I, I would encourage them like, you know, do your exposure therapy, see your therapist, uh, maybe try medication or, you know, like, like pursue, mm -hmm. pursue recovery for sure. But yeah, like, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's, it's all about um, values and, and, and what you really want out of life. So yeah, I, th I think that's a good point. And, yeah. uh, do you, and so, you know, just to fast forward a bit, like now um, in your day-to-day -day life, are you, like you said, you're doing a lot better. You're in a much better headspace does that mean that you are, you know, going out more or is it just because you are like, you figured out like, no, these are the things that make me happy. I'm just going to do these things. And they kind of run concurrent with agoraphobia in a way. Yeah. So nowadays I'm, I'm mostly just in a place where I'm not panicking all the time and experiencing like just extremely elevated levels of anxiety for no apparent reason. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm feeling a lot better, but I don't 
really go out. Like there are a couple of places that are pretty close to my apartment um, that I go to sometimes. Um, But outside of that, I'm just like, I'd rather not. Like, it's just, it's not a good time. Um, I have some sensory issues that, um, like when I go out certain places, there's just so much going on. Um, it's it's just, it's overwhelming, like, like, um, nightclubs and bars. Like I've, I've been there, I've done that, um, out to restaurants, you know, been there and done that shopping and things like that. It's just, it's not a good time because I see so much going on. There's so many different sounds, um, so much to look at. It's just, it's very overwhelming. Uh, I got a, on a sensory level. So yeah, I'm, I'm just, um, doing things around my area, things that I enjoy. Um, and that's basically it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we really, uh, thank you for coming on to, you know, share all of this. And I think, uh, again, just to reiterate, what's really cool is when you go into a conversation that you think will be sad almost, and it ends up being happy and positive. So it's, it's really good to hear, um, you know, your journey to, to where you are now. And, uh, I think we really enjoyed this conversation. Awesome. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. appreciate it. Same to you guys. All right. Have a good one. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Our sponsor today is Bird Dogs. I'll be honest with you, Bird Dogs makes the most comfortable shorts I've ever worn. They have built-in liners for extra comfort, and that makes them great for everything from being on the move, exercising, or just hanging out and looking good. You can wear them anywhere, and they also make amazing bathing suits just in time for summer. So go to birddogs.com, enter promo code OPL, and they'll throw in a free Bird Dogs dad hat. That's birddogs.com. Promo code OPL and boom, you'll get a free Bird Dogs dad hat with your pair of shorts. Get your downstairs ready for summer with Bird Dogs. I promise you, you will not take any of these items off all summer long. That was a very interesting conversation. Also, I think a, a necessary one because I think, you know, the more time I, the more time I spend on social media, the more I see, especially with a younger crowd, a lot of people dealing with anxiety and, and, and depression and agoraphobia, I think is a, uh, I don't want to say exaggerated because that sounds like a demeaning word, but it's like a bigger version of generalized anxiety that I think a lot of people deal with. So it is interesting to talk to someone who sort of deals with that and has come to like conveniently for her has, uh, figured out like, you know what, these things don't even make me happy. And I think that when you're dealing with something as serious as like agoraphobia, it can bring those things to light, like easier for people. Like if you don't really deal with that, you have maybe a little anxiety about this and that, like maybe you could just like force yourself to do shit that you don't really want to do. Uh, and it's like totally fine. But when you're dealing with something that's very serious, you, you're like, well, it's not even worth it. Cause like I'm dealing with so much that like I don't enjoy traveling because I have to, it's like a whole thing that I have to fucking deal with. And it's not just the plane. It's when we get there, I'm away from home. I'm dealing with all this anxiety. Like at at that point, things just don't become worth it. And they're definitely, you're, you're not going to be able to get the most out of traveling 
if you have to deal with those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the worst part about having that sort of thing is to have other people being like, you just got to do it. You know what I mean? Or just like, yo, just I, I promise you, you'll enjoy it or whatever. Because um, you never know the, the level of anxiety that people are dealing with. And, and that's why I brought it up before. I, that was something in, in my past where I had to deal with, with thinking my experience was everyone's experience. So people who are dealing with anxiety or anxious, like I dealt with some anxiety, but some pe- there's different levels of it. So I'm thinking the way I got over it is how you're going to get over it. So, yo, just get on the plane, bro. Like everything's going to be fine. This and that, blah, blah, blah. Take a fucking Xanax. Like we'll just get there and, and whatever. But it's a whole other game. Like I would travel and have anxiety, get there, and I'd be cool. Uh, they would not be cool. Cause they're mm-hmm. like, I'm away from home. I'm this and that. And now we have to go out to these places. Like it's like a whole other thing. So, you know, I think it was an eye opening conversation and definitely one that people need to hear. Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. I, I like that. You said that like n- not everyone wants the same thing. It's as simple as that. And we, it's like, we do that naturally just because we, I mean, we perceive life with our own mind through our own eyes, what we think is fun, what we think is scary. And it's, hard to imagine that people could see it so drastically different than you personally see it. But I mean, that, that's the point of being human, right? Everyone's different in that sense. So yeah, really cool. I mean, I think we said a lot on that episode in that conversation, but, uh, just love the fact that that, that just took a turn that I wasn't really expecting and like going in totally guilty thought that this would be a sad conversation thought that we'd be hearing about someone uh, who or hearing from someone who felt like they were missing out on life because of this phobia and right. severe anxiety. And uh, it's, yeah, it, she kind of flipped the script on us and that that's always really cool. Yeah, and I think one thing to for people who are dealing with anxiety should know that I, I really do think talking to people who deal with sort of the same thing is very helpful and learning about other people's experiences. Even if it's not exactly, you know, the same as yours, just hearing about other people's experiences and how they dealt with it and how they cope little tidbits from those things you could pick up along the way. And it makes things a little easier. Um, and this general. isn't what she said, like toxic positivity. Cause you're right. There's that like motivational aspect where it's like, get off your ass and do it. Right. And her perspective of how she is getting over something so severe is so opposite from that. But like you said, that's a great perspective to also throw into the mix because people may relate to her experience and, and her recovery more than, you know, fucking dumb Instagram post about, you know, suck it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit is fucking stupid, obviously. Um, because it just doesn't apply to everyone. And there is no right answer. Like I said, like, it's very hard for me to hear that people are like, yeah, I'm just never gonna, you know, I've, I've had people close to me have been like, oh, you know, I just, I just don't really enjoy traveling. And it's like, well, you don't travel. Like, I don't know how you know that, but you don't. And to my knowledge, they don't deal with any sort of medically diagnosed anxiety or anything like that. So in those instances, it's very hard to hear that because I'm like, maybe you just don't, you haven't done it yet. And you have, of course, everyone has a comfort zone no matter what. Because in my personal experience, I have had a comfort zone 
And then it's been like, oh no. And then I've convinced myself, like these are the places I want to go to only. Like I'm cool with this. I can control whatever. And you'd like to have control of situations. So when you go to new places or you get on a plane, you go some other place that isn't near you, you're not near the normal things you are. It is a bit uncomfortable, but there is, you know, a good experience that comes with that. So that's my only worry is that people will just accept their comfort zone, not for any medical reason or for whatever, just because it's easy, you know? And I think that the world has so much to offer and I would love for everyone to have that same feeling. But if truly people are not interested in that and it's like, I I really don't care about traveling or seeing new things or going to new places. Like, I mean, what am I going to say? Like, there's nothing for me to say. Like, and I'm glad, I wish that I could be that way, but I have to continuously put myself into uncomfortable situations where it does cause a lot of anxiety and stuff, but that's worth it to me. On the other end, it's always worth it to me. And I realize that's not for everyone. So I had to go through a whole thing where people who would come to me with, I'm feeling anxious or whatever I don't. Like I would be the one to be like, go, 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 go. And like, that's not the proper way to deal with things. Sometimes it is. And sometimes it isn't. It's hard to tell when it is. Um, but And I know I've been fucking rambling this entire time, but I think this conversation just applies to a lot of people. So I wanted to get it all out um, because a lot of people deal with anxiety and maybe they they have an idea in their head. Like, I want to be a traveler. I want to be this and that. And like, I deal with all those things too. Um, Especially coming out of a pandemic, unprecedented times where we've had to literally stay in our homes longer than ever. And at some point the fear got so bad or misinformation. It's like, if you go outside, like you might die, stay inside, like to recover from that and get back to a state of normal or what your normal was before that is not easy for a lot of people. So it's insanely tough. It just fucking exasperated the entire thing. Did I say that right? Exasperated? Um, Exacerbated. Yeah. There we go. Aspirated. I'm saying like people (laughs) choking. Um, (laughs) yeah. For anyone out there that wants to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can reach us at OPLshow.com or send us an email directly at OPLpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at OPL podcast, TikTok as well. Pretty big on TikTok now, not going to (laughs) lie. And, uh, no, getting there. Uh, and if you want to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash OPL show. Yep. And that is all. See you guys next time.